I, you know, when I came down there, I was afraid of falling on my face and going back to Dallas and being broke and unemployed. All my uh, friends, neighbors, relatives would say, I told you so, because the odds of us making it down there were a million to one. But, you know, my wife and I had a great big inherent advantage, and that advantage was called desire. I still think in this country, you can do anything you want to do if you want to do it bad enough. Get up, get off your ass and go to work. That's my message. What is up, you sexy bastard? It is your boy, George Michael, a.k.a. Rob I Can't Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. In today's episode, I talked to Jim McInville, a.k.a. Mattress Mac. Now, you may have actually heard of this guy. On the Super Bowl, he made a $9 million bet for the Cincinnati Bengals. He lost. Now, you might think this is a crazy gambling problem, but no, it's actually amazing marketing campaigns. I wasn't expecting to put out this podcast, but after chatting with him for 20 minutes, I could not help but share with you. This guy has an amazing story, an amazing attitude, and I think it's going to kick your tuchas, which is a Yiddish word for butt, in the butt so that you get going and have an epic day. I think you're going to love Jim as much as I did. This guy came from humble beginnings with just $5,000 in 1981, and now his business is making over $200 million a year. Plus, he gives a ton of it away to the people of Houston. I had so much respect for this guy. Make sure to follow Mattress Mac on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Mattress Mac. Check out his furniture store at galleryfurniture.com. Now, if here's three gigantic things you're going to take away from this episode. One, why tough times don't last, but tough people do. Two, the reason why relationships are the currency of life. And three, get up, go to work, make something of yourself. Enjoy those three things, plus a bunch more ear nuggets along the way. Now, quick disclaimer, the sound quality of this episode isn't really good. I'm talking to you, Leah, who commented to me, Noah, make sure your sound quality is good. I know. But the quality of this content is so damn good that I'm willing to put it out. I just want to give you a heads up. It might sound a little rough, but definitely, I think it's going to be one of the best episodes you hear this year. If you are looking for a tool for your online business or you want to start an online business and you need the best tools online at great prices, go to appsumo.com. All y'all already know about that, but if you don't, it's appsumo.com. It's a site I started 12 years ago. We have amazing people working there. We promote awesome products. Even just getting on the mailing list, you can check out our marketing and find out what are the latest, greatest tools that are out there. That's appsumo.com. Also, a special pre-show shout out to listener John V. He left reviewing Rad Podcast. I like this guy already. Listen to Noah and he'll change your life. Damn, man. Thank you. I truly love every one of your listeners. When I get to meet y'all out in public or in private, wherever, it really makes me feel special. So I love when you guys say hi and that you take action from these episodes. If you want to shout out in a future episode, leave a review where you have listened to this podcast. We check every single one of them. The legend, Mattress Mac. Hello, sir. Hey, how are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. It's an honor to see you. How are you doing today? Good. Where are you at? I'm in Austin, Texas. Austin, good for you. You're now Houston? Yep. Just go right to it. Like, how did you make your money? What is your business? I'm in the furniture business. We sell mattresses, uh, American-made furniture, been at it for 40 years, still at it. What do you think helped you be successful? My parents imparted upon me a good work ethic and lots of uh, faith in the free enterprise system. Can you tell me a little bit more about how they did that? Yeah, you know, they set a good example. My father always worked hard. My mother... Uh, Raised us children, both were very religious, and uh, kind of the deal was uh, get up, go to work, and make something out of your life, and that was a pretty good ethos to learn. My guess about you, and I'm curious your take, is you seem like probably one of the most persistent people I'll ever meet. That is my strong suit. Thomas Edison said, uh, sticking to it is a genius, so I try to live by that every day. What helps you persist? Is there things that uh, we can do? Like, is it thinking about that quote? What what helps you persist? I think it's practice. I've been persisting for... uh, 40 years and uh, you do something long enough, you get good at it. So, you know, uh, to me, a setback is just set up for a comeback. 
you know, I lost that Super Bowl bet $10 million. I got over it a millisecond later. Just move on. You got it over that quickly? I still give them satellite $20 I lose. By the time I walked out the door, I was ready for the next one. All right. How'd you do that? It's just who I am. You know, I, I, I don't linger. Uh, like Tiger Woods, when he was the best golfer in the world, he hit a bad shot and he got over it as uh, soon as he hit it and went to the next one. So that's what you have to do in life is put the past behind you and look forward with uh, hope for the future. All we have as human beings is hope. I love it, man. What are some of the uh, other harder moments? I know you had a fire in your store. What are some of the, the more harder moments over the... Yeah, we had a fire on, uh, I think it was May 26, 2009. It was about a $20 million fire, burnt down the whole warehouse and smoke and water uh, damage throughout the whole store. So we were basically out of business that night at 10 o'clock and we gathered and had a big prayer and decided we would go on. I ordered furniture at midnight from our suppliers across the country. We had another store we'd opened two months before, a little uh, smaller store by the Galleria, and there was no way we were going to be in business the next day. Well, we were open the next day at 7 a.m., started selling furniture, sold furniture all day long, got out of the warehouse about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We delivered $250,000 worth of furniture that day and never looked back. Tough times never last. Tough people do. Oh, man. How did your business go from just something small? I think you started on the side of a road in, in houses, and how did that end up becoming such a, a large business? You know, just through grinding it out every day, uh, uh, my wife and I put in seven days a week. Um, many times we'd sell out of furniture on Saturday night because we were a small place and we had a U-Haul truck. I'd drive it to Dallas, meet my friend at his furniture store at one or two in the morning, spend the day's receipts, send $12,000 on furniture, put in that U-Haul truck, drive it back down here and sell it on Sunday. So, you know, you do what you have to do and you don't pay the price, you enjoy the price. You know, I played football at the University of Texas. Did you know that? No, I did not, sir. I played there in 1969 and 1970, and there was an athletic trainer there named Frank Medina. He was half American Indian, half Hispanic, about four foot nine inches tall. He was a human dynamo, and he always taught me something. I always remember that's the biggest thing I ever learned in my educational career at the University of Texas. He said, ask, take, and give no quarter. And he'd run up to you and say, what are you saving it for, son? Is that all you got? He was a tough little guy, and I think about him every day. Ask, take, and give no quarter? Give no quarter. What does that mean to you? It means don't back up. How'd you figure out what you wanted in life, Mac? I always wanted to run some type of big uh, store or a restaurant uh, and uh, interact with people. And I, I stumbled into the furniture business when I was broke many years ago. I was a good salesman. And then I started this store down here in 1981. My wife and I was $5,000. And 40 years later, 41 years later, we're still at it. Man, that's impressive. Do you have a, any tips or strategies for young people to be more persistent or improve their sales? Yeah, you know, I get rid of your sense of entitlement. You know, get rid of it. You know, life's hard. Get used to it. Life's hard. It has been hard for 500,000 years. It's not going to change. And I did a sales course for uh, Houston Community College. And one of the kids asked me a question. Well, when you're an entrepreneur and things don't go your way, what do you do? I said, you get up in the morning, you put your big girl and big boy britches on, you go back to work. That's kind of like a prize fighter saying, I want to be a prize fighter, but I don't ever want to get hit in the face. It ain't going to happen. Oh, man. Do you have any regrets or would you change anything about your career? Was it worth it? Every bit of it. You know, I, I regret I didn't spend more time with my kids when, when they were growing up because I put all my a lot of my efforts into the business trying to grow it as uh, something for them to hold on to and something to be good for the community. But my kids turned out to be great people. So their mother did a great job of raising them. I have no regrets, just looking forward to the future. What would you tell a young person? Or like, you know, what do you wish you, you would know that when you started this business or when you were younger? You know, I would tell them the same thing Oral Roberts told me 45 years ago. Get up, go to work, and make something out of your life. You know, we all have talents the good Lord has given us. 
Use your talents to the best of your ability. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Quit watching television and saying that this athlete or this celebrity makes $50 million a year and you're jealous of them. Who cares? Be the best you can be every single day. That's all we can do. You know, as your business grew and you guys made money, how did money improve your life? I don't think it improved it at all. You know, it, it, it made things certainly more comfortable. We didn't have to worry about making payroll every week, but money didn't improve our, our life. I think relationships did. I think relationships are the currency of life. And uh, the better relationships you have with people and with the community, then the, the better life you'll lead. So my wife and I, we don't travel a lot. We don't spend a lot of money. We develop relationships with the community and try to make Houston and Texas a better place. I got a big sign on the wall out here that says, we all have a responsibility for the well-being of our community, and we take that very seriously. What are some of the most proud moments you have in your career, Mac? I guess making payroll the first week was a very proud moment. And uh, <laughs> I've continued to make payroll for 41 years in accounting. Proud moments, um, you know, seeing my uh, children all graduate from high school, college, that was proud moments, uh, uh, having grandchildren, and uh, probably most of all, uh, seeing my wife raise our children to be good people and making a difference in the community, making the world a better place, uh, taking care of the uh, homeless people that come around here wanting money every day, taking care of the prostitutes that come around here that have been beat up by the uh, person that whoever they were living with, that, those type of things. I'm real. I'm on the street. I'm right here. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder how do we just be satisfied with what we already have? I'm like, if I, you know, if I get more money or if I had more fame or if this thing happened, finally, you know, if I get a wife, I'm finally going to be happy. But trying to work on just like, how do we enjoy what's already, there's so much around us already. Yeah. You know, um, live in the glorious present. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow never comes. Live in the glorious present. What's the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning, Mac? Uh, you know, I pray when I wake up in the morning, I pray the rosary in Catholic church and I uh, pray it while I'm heading to work. So that's it. Then when I get here, I start figuring out what merchandise can we get? What can we don't? You know, they have this big uh, pandemic and the supply chain disruption and all that crap. That didn't affect us one bit because I thrive on chaos. The more chaotic it is, the more I like it. <laughs> what are some, uh, is there any moments within the 40 years of this business you thought you'd lose it all? Oh, yeah, every day, you know, you're scared to death. Uh, fear is a good thing. You know, it makes you want to get up in the morning. Willie Shoemaker said, if you go to bed at night with silk pajamas on, it's hard to get up in the morning. So when you go to bed neck and broke, you got to get up and go to work. It's a good thing. Having uh, payroll and responsibility is the best thing ever happened to me. It made me uh, structured and disciplined and uh, uh, driven. I'm, I, I'm still driven. I'm 71 years old and I got a good 30 years left out here. So I'm going to I'm going at it to the day I die at the front desk. Amen. Amen. Any prayers that you, uh, you'd like saying that you could share? Uh, you know, I like to say the Hail Mary to the Blessed Mother of God and uh, uh, hope that she uh, intercedes with us. I had a great moment this past year when we, uh, we had the rally nuns at all the Astro American League Championship Games and World Series Games. It was a group of about 40 or 50 Dominican nuns and they were nervous about how they'd be received with their full habits on and all that. And the people loved them. It was great. So uh, I try to uh, hang around people that are uh, holy and devout. Maybe a little bit of that will rub off on me. I am curious, to, you know, these bets you do, everyone, you've gotten pretty famous for it. How did you think about that? How did you come up with that idea? You know, I'm a promoter at heart. Uh, I'm a huckster, a salesman. And, you know, you got to do something to break through the clutter. So I started doing that years ago. And I really got involved with the Astros run to the World Series. Uh, probably starting in 2017, been doing them ever since. Uh, furniture buying is boring. 
and furniture, retail furniture stores are, are deathly threatened by Amazon and Wayfair and these other places online. So we have to do something to get customers in the store. And these promotions are fun. They're topical, uh, whether it's the uh, Super Bowl or whether it's the uh, national championship game, whether it's the World Series or whatever. It gets people in the, for- in the store, gives them a rooting interest. They buy the furniture. They can't lose. If the team wins, they get their money back. But the worst thing happens, they get what they paid for. So uh, we're doing run, one right now on the uh, big term basketball tournament in New Orleans. So it's something about making it topical and fun for the customers. It's also doing something that people want to talk about. I can't tell you how many boxes of places that have furniture on their the, the sign that we just drive by. Sure. And it's, it's not relevant. You know, uh, one of the things I ask myself every day is, would the customers miss us if we were to go out of business tomorrow? That's very important. And if we were just another brick and mortar furniture store on the side of the road selling couches, they wouldn't miss us a bit. But we're involved in the community. We're involved with these promotions. And we are uh, leading the charge in a lot of areas to make Houston a better place. I have a trade school here that I fund out of my pocket that teaches plumbing, electricity, construction skills to people for free. I have a high school for people 16 to 26 haven't finished high school, going to high school there. And I have a preschool six months to five years old that I have there. And we teach religion classes there also. So we got a lot of stuff going on to make us relevant in the community. Yeah, it's funny. It seems like you'd enjoy that as well as it benefits the business. Yeah, I enjoy it. And it's, it's, it's part of a responsibility. You know, the average income in about a 10-mile area of this store is $26,000. So we have to make a difference. At the end of the day, when I face the creator, he's not going to ask me or she's not going to ask me, how much money did you make? The creator will ask me, how much of a difference did you make? So I better do something while I'm here. Do you have any motivational tapes or recorded all the stories, man? Because you got so much good stuff in you that I think like uh, generations forever could uh, benefit from. No, no, I don't. I just uh, spit it out and I try to live it every day. I asked Scott and uh, Paul before you came, what do you think they said about you? Your internet boys. Oh, the internet guys. They probably said I was very driven and I work a lot and uh, they're great guys. And they probably also said I was a uh, digital dummy. But other than that, they said some good things about me, hopefully. I don't think you as a digital dummy. This bet, you, you've made, how much have you bet total? Hell, I don't know. In 100 million, probably. Were you gambling before that? It's not gambling. It's promoting. You know, my wife says I have a gambling problem. I don't have a gambling problem. It's just a promotion. You know, I lost $10 million on that Super Bowl. We still made the sales over that two-week period went up 3.5, 350%. So go figure. How do you think other businesses can learn from that? You know, you got to take a chance. If you keep on doing what you've always done, you're always going to get what you always got. You got to get out there and take a chance, do something different. And a lot of times promoters like me fall on their face. But, you know, you fall on your face, you get up, you dust yourself off, and you get back in the fight. That's all you can do. Is there any bets you haven't made that you're excited to make? I'm sure there'll be one coming up. You know, the, the best bets are one that you think a team has a good chance and you bet a, a futures bet early on. Like last year, I bet $2 million on the Astro to pay $36 million. And so I had that running the whole time. And that was a good bet. They were plus minus 140 favorites going in the World Series. We had sold about $28 million worth of furniture on that promotion. Had the Astros won, I had given back $28 million and made another $8 million. So that was a fun bet, but it didn't quite work out. You know, you've made a lot of money. You've promoted a lot of money. How do you enjoy your money? You know, I enjoy things like the other day. I was real, these kids that work for me, a lot of them are barely out of high school. And uh, a lot of them have had uh, criminal records, but we're giving them a chance, help them uh, turn their life around and turn generations around for the next five generations. So I went back to the warehouse and, and all these young kids were there and they were hopping mad. And I didn't know what the problem was. And 
some new guy had hired on that day. So they went down and showed me he was laying on the mattress sound asleep. And that offended their work ethic. And I, that was very a uh, good moment for me to see that these kids had caught that uh, bug from me that work hard, get ahead. What happened to that guy? He's gone. How do you decide who you hire? Well, we hire a lot of people with uh, checkered backgrounds, uh, especially for warehousing. And we give them a chance. And, uh, you know, life offers you a second chance. It's called tomorrow. Suit up. And so we help them suit up every day. <laughs> Mag, do you got more of these? Because uh, honestly, I just want to like print these out and put some posters up around our office. I got a million of them. What other favorite ones you got? My first one was 10 two-letter words to live by. If it is to be, it is up to me. That's called the great American virtue of self-reliance. If it is to be, it's up to me slash we. Another one is don't tell me it's impossible until after I've already done it. You know, have a little optimism. Go for it. And, you know, if you fail, fail forward fast. These people think a failure is the end of the world. It's nothing. Thomas Edison failed 10,000 times before he invented the light bulb. For God's sakes, get up and go to work. What have been some things you've been most afraid of when you were, might fail or you did fail? Uh, you know, when I came down there, I was afraid of falling on my face and going back to Dallas and being broke and unemployed. And people, all my uh, friends, neighbors, relatives would say, I told you so, because the odds of us making it down there were a million to one. But, you know, my wife and I had a great big inherent advantage. And that advantage was called desire. I still think in this country, you can do anything you want to do if you want to do it bad enough. Get up, get off your ass and go to work. That's my message. Mac, how did you pick your wife? How does someone pick a good wife? That's a good question. I have a great wife. Um, you know, I was working in Dallas at a furniture store and her and I were dating. And uh, so I decided to uh, try to be an entrepreneur. And I didn't want to open a furniture store in Dallas to be with my boss because he'd been very good taught me the business. So my brother George down in Houston, a real estate business, he found me this location on the side of the highway, which was cheap rent and a good location. So I said I was going to move to Houston to get in the furniture business. So I went out to dinner that night with my little girlfriend. Her name was Linda. I said, Linda, I got great news for you. She said, what's that, Mac? I said, we're going to move to Houston. We're going to get in the furniture business. She said, Mac, there ain't no way. I said, what's the problem? She says, my friends live here. My family lives here. I got a good job. I'm not moving to Houston. I'm not getting the furniture business with you. Well, as you said earlier, my greatest trait is persistence. I keep asking her and asking and asking her. Finally, about 11 o'clock, I asked her about the 40th time, and she slammed her hand there on the dashboard in the car. She said, I tell you what, Mac, I'll move to Houston. I'll get in the furniture business with you, but you're going to have to marry me first. And I thought to myself, this woman has put me on a difficult decision. And I said, you got a deal, and that, way, that was it. <laughs> so choosing a partner is someone who uh, is what? Uh, somebody's loyal. Somebody's going somebody's gonna to stay in the... Stay with you when the water gets hot. I am constantly inspired because I'm in the front line of retailing. I see these parents come out here every day with these kids that have severe autism, severe Down syndrome, all these maladies, uh, you know, you name it. And those parents are taking care of that child. That child might be 17 years old, might be five years old, might be 40 years old. But those parents never gave up on those children. To me, that's the heroes in this society, not people who jump out of the water as soon as it gets hot. I was thinking, thank God you didn't start a if you're, you started a burger thing, you'd be Burger Bob McInville. Like uh, Mattress Mac just sounds better. Yeah, it does. I watched the thing about some guy in West Texas had a tire store and he was going broke. All of a sudden, he started wearing a tire everywhere he went to the Little League games, to church, to PTA, this, that. He became known as Tire Bob or whatever it was. And he sold a ton of tires. So I named myself Mattress Mac. Oh, that's where that came from? Oh, yeah. How did you get in the mattress business or get the idea to open up your own store? Well, I was broke in Dallas. I needed a job. And uh, 
I stumbled on this furniture store and the guy hired me. My parents' house was about two hours away from that furniture store. So I had to ride a bus there every morning every, and back every day. And uh, I started selling furniture, found something I was good at. And then I decided to open the store in Houston so as to not compete with my boss. What do you think the difference is between you and all the other furniture stores that have, uh, that have opened? Because like everyone, you know, a lot of people have tried to start a business or open a furniture store and it didn't work out, but you've been doing it 40 years in a world where like, oh, Ikea and Amazon, you know, the stuff that you commented on earlier. Well, you know, if you come out here Saturday or Sunday night at nine o'clock, I'm right here. 95% of life is showing up, said Mark Twain. You enjoy it, Mac? Love it. Wouldn't do anything else. Love my people. That's, you know, I'm here for the people. I'm here for the people. Every day it's real. It's real out here. The people are here every day. That's beautiful to hear. It's making me reflect on, uh, I run a, a company in Austin. That's, yeah, the people that uh, that show up as well. Yeah, you know, relationships, the currency of life. What can I do today to make somebody's life better? Make everybody I come in contact lives better. I wish I did that every day. I don't, but I'm trying to do it. Life's short, and then there's eternity, kind of like what's happening over there in Russia. That's pretty wild, man. Yeah. Mr. Mack, I appreciate you taking the time with us today, sir. Next time you're in Houston, come in. I got a book full of those quotes I've compiled over the years. I'll get you a copy. All right. Thank you, Mr. Magnwell. Thank you. Have a great day, sir. Well, that is a wrap. I hope you love the episode as much as I did sharing with you. Check out MaxGalleryFurniture.com store. If you're ever in Houston, I'm definitely going to go there and check it out. As well, follow Mattress Mac on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mattress Mac. Next, text a friend you love him. Yo, dog, let's go take a nap on a mattress together. And before you go, tweet at me or Instagram DM me at Noah Kagan. Let me know what you thought of this episode. A few of you guys do it, and I really appreciate it. I think I respond to most of y'all. And before you go, check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash okdork. Go subscribe. I think you already have, so ignore this part. Or go on my newsletter every single Wednesday. Me and George put together an awesome email that should inspire and help you with marketing and business. That's sendfox.com slash Noah. Sendfox.com slash Noah. Also, create your own newsletter at sendfox.com. Finally, shout out to my amazing team. Thank you to Jason at podcasttech.com. He does these episodes. Thank you to Mitchell, Jeremy, George, Hubert, Cam, Sasa, Nikki, and Jen from the Dork team. I am so lucky to have all y'all with me. We're on the same side. Finally, shout out to Max, JR, Victor, Celeste, Matt, Bennett, and Alexander Lewis on the launch of our latest AppSumo freebie. It's AppSumo's Take the Leap from Side Hustle to Full-Time Creator. Have a grateful day. What is your favorite piece of furniture? 